Welcome to the final episode of Spoiler Season, Amenket. You know, we've been waiting all season to do a little bit of uh, the Egyptian theme song of, well, the theme song for the other Egyptian card game, right? Now that right. we are just... Now that we are also an Yu-Gi-Oh. Egyptian yeah, card exactly. game. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so, uh, Spoiler Season is brought to you by uh, New England Comics, NEC Coolidge on Facebook, and Flipside Gaming. Check them out at flipsidegaming.com. So, welcome back, Katie. Thank you. Sounded the intro sounded great today. I gotta say it was your idea. So like yes, full well, full props there. How for could you. we not take advantage of this? I agree. I agree. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. So uh, Min Miley and I reviewed the Esper cards earlier today. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the best three colors, if I do say so. Um, and today we're gonna be uh, do looking at the red, black, multicolor, colorless, and lands. Woo! Yeah. So we're gonna jump right in. Brute strength is the first card we've got. This is red one instant. Target creature gets plus three, plus one, and gains trample until end of turn. Combat tricks are fine. I would play it in limited. I I don't think this makes it into standard. We have a lot of other good red pumps. Yeah, we still have like Invigorated Rampage, which is red one, plus four, plus O in trample. Uh, we have Uncaged Fury, which is red two for plus one, plus one, double strike. Yeah, like, this, this just doesn't measure up. But in limited, like if you're desperate and somehow you're in red and don't have a burn spell, yeah. Yeah, I do like this better as, uh, as like, so we looked at some combat tricks yesterday, which were, like, supernatural strength or something, which was uh, a single black mana to give it plus two, plus O, oh, and then if it would die, it comes back, mm. which feels more like a, a combat trick. This feels more like, oh, I'm playing a red aggro deck, and I want to be able to, win. yeah, do a Trying bunch of damage really over. fast, yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes this will almost just be, like, a lightning strike at your opponent's face. Yeah. yeah with sure. the trample. Um, next up, we have Desert Ceridon, which is red five for a six four beast, which cycles for red. <laughs> six is a lot for a six four. Again, if you're desperate to fill out the top of your curve, I think I take it. The cycling definitely makes this feel less risky because if you have this early or if this is just like not going to win you the game or put you at parity, cycle it and look for something else. Yeah, my in, in limited, my biggest problem with the card is actually just its four toughness. Is if I'm going to pay six mm. mana for something. It's four better. toughness is a little low. Yeah. Like it this could like, trade for like two, it could trade two, for a two, two drop. Yeah, there's a there's like red one four, four three that yeah. you discard a card like this could trade for the two drop. So I don't like it. It is a possible inclusion in modern. Really? Believe it or not, for what modern deck? What do you think? Uh, or am I just pu- am I pulling your chain here? I don't know what that expression means, but I'm gonna say that you're pulling my chain. <laughs> you never heard that? <laughs> no. Yanking your chain, yanking, pulling your leg. That's like your leg. that's like fooling you, but you're not fooling me. You're like oh. just asking outside of my knowledge realm. Oh, okay, okay. Well, this would uh, go in Living End, uh, possibly. Uh, so Living End right runs a bunch of creatures which cycle, um, and then they cycle away, which they fill up their graveyard with these creatures, and then um, they cast a spell with Cascade, uh, and the only spell in their deck which is less than three, since all their Cascade spells are three, uh. is Living End. So they cast Living End. And it dis- it exiles cards from all graveyards, destroys all creatures, then returns all creatures from exile with Living End to the battlefield. Uh, so then they get to take all the cyclers they use to find their cascade spells and bring them onto the battlefield. And a 
um, is, you know, with a, a single red cycling cost, I think is a, a good place for that deck to be. So I've cool. heard it floated. I don't play Living End. I've played against it only a couple of times. Mm. It's not super popular. So I, I'm by no means an expert on the deck, but uh, I've, I've heard people who know more than me talk about uh, a possibility of including it. Exciting. Yeah, it's always nice to see some cards in Modern. Make it into modern. So next we have Electrify, which is red three instant. Electrify deals four damage to target creature. Great removal spell. Yep. Always taken limited. Yeah. I, and it's common. Yeah. So you will see it. I'm a big fan of this because this can deal with some bigger things as well. Um, and it's only, so, you know, like black gets the five mana unconditional, you know, exile a creature at instant speed. Right. Black has exile? Oh, yeah. Hey, do you haven't listened to the podcast yet? Come on. Uh, Come uh, on. Uh, yeah, Black got Final Reward, which was uh, Black for instant exile target creature. Holy cow. So Min and I really liked it as a removal spell. Yeah. And in, in red, I think Electrify is really, really good because it won't deal with everything that whatever that card I just said was uh, does, but... It's one mana less, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, so I like that it can it can deal damage. This uh, is a lot of damage for a red spell. A lot of yeah. red spells deal less. So. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw uh, Chandra's something. I lose track of all the Fury, things that Chandra hunger, has. Hungry flame. Yeah, she has a lot of, you know, Chandra's <laughs> something anger, with fire. Rage. Um, last, in, uh, in Kaladesh, you revolt, see, see you were pretty popular in Limited, which was, uh, you know, deal four damage to a creature, and then tap down a land. And the tap down land was, like, very nice. Very, very yeah. nice. But even without that, like, the card still would have seen play because it just kills so much stuff. And this yeah. this card is pretty similar. Definitely. Except it's an instant, right? As opposed to being a sorcery like the Chandra card was. Yeah, that that's definitely better, right? Because you can always, like, tack it on after con- combat or something. And uh, on their turn, yeah, instant's just better. Katie, I'm going to let you read the next card. All right, so this is for your Minotaur travel decks, everyone, because that's going to be a thing. You know, the one that everyone has in their in their deck boxes. In their deck boxes and their hearts. Yep. So this is Emberhorn Minotaur. It's red three for a four three Minotaur, obviously. And you may exert it when it attacks. If you do, it gets plus one plus one and menace until end of turn. So four for a four three, no haste, not great. Um, the plus one plus one menace is pretty good and it's, it's a red minotaur. So if you have it in the deck with the minotaur Lord, you know, it fits there. And, um, and, uh, yeah, this, this cannot see constructed play. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Um, because this is a good example of a creature, which without exert, I think is a little bit below where you want to be. Yeah. Right. But with exert is actually, I think a little bit above what you would expect. Four mana for a five, four menace. It's pretty sweet. So, like, it's interesting to see how this will play out um, in terms of, like, how often are you going to be able to use the Exert versus attack normally. Um, I think with this card, like, it's it's really strong if you Exert it. Uh, yeah. So I, I look forward to seeing what kinds of play patterns you get in Limited with uh, Exert cards. Yeah. I think, like, because Menace is just so good. It really messes up people's blocks. Ability to block well. Yeah. And the, the and it five opens power. opens up to getting blown out by removal as well. Yeah. Such as Electrify. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think in Limited, this is a beast, even if you don't have the Minotaur Lord and aren't quote-unquote playing Minotaur Tribal. Oh, Katie, come on. Making four Everyone, life choices. You know everyone's going to play I Minotaur know. Tribal. Thank you. Yeah, yes. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, our next card is Manticore of the Gauntlet. This is red four for a 5-4 Manticore. When it enters the battlefield, put a minus one, minus one counter on target creature you control. 
Manticore of the Gauntlet deals three damage to target opponent. Woo! Yeah. Fiery. So minus one counter and three to the face and a five four body for five. This seems like pretty good value. Pretty decent. Yeah. Pretty decent. The minus one counter is kind of random. <laughs> well, you know, I think a lot of these things are like, oh, we'll give you this benefit in exchange for weakening the creature, right? So the minus one, minus one counter kind of as a resource. I think ideally you want to play this where you can use the minus one, minus one counter to do something. Um, sure. But otherwise, like, that's not too high a cost to pay. Like, being able to pay five mana and, you know, bolt them and then also have a five, four body. Uh, or, or, you know, if you're putting the counter, three. yeah, four, three. Uh, if you're putting on itself four three, I, I don't love it. Uh, as a five four, I liked it a little bit better, but still like five mana four toughness. Uh... Yeah, yeah, we have that problem. We'll have to see. Our next card is Minotaur Sure Shot, Woo! which is yeah, it's a Minotaur. Uh, red two for a Minotaur Archer for a two three with Reach, and you can pay red one and give it plus one plus O until end of turn. I like these. These are the kinds of creatures that in limited can get so out of control because in the late game, you just sink your mana and they can kill anything. So uh, there's the caveat, right? It only has three toughness, so it like dies to almost anything. But it's something that they have to answer or block. Yeah, every once in a while, you know, you'll get to a spot where you've been trading resources back and forth, and then you know, one of you're both left with like a creature on board. And one of you has a bear and one of you has this. And <laughs> right, and this is... This wins. Yeah. The reach on it is kind of random. Oh, I really like the reach. I, I think do that's too. The best, that's the best thing about this card is I think that I like it as a way to like take out flyers. Because yeah. three toughness is decent against flyers mm-hmm. uh, and the ability to pump it the is going to really discourage yeah. them from attacking, I think. Yeah. Um, into this into this creature. Yeah, so I, I, I think this creature is pretty, pretty good, pretty yeah. decent. Totally exciting. A, a sure shot for limited. Sorry, that's not even a pun. I just said part of the name. So anyways, moving right along, we have Nefcrop Entangler. This is red one for a 2-1 with... Sorry, human. Thank you. It could is matter. Human. Could matter. I know. 2-1, trample. You may exert it as it attacks. When you do, you it gets uh, plus one, plus two till end of turn. So Another example. Like... Red one for a two one is bad and yeah. limited, but red one for a three three with trample it uh, is really good and limited, right? right? Like, so I, it's gonna be really interesting to see. I think that like the exert cards, you, you need to be aggressive because if you plan on blocking with anything with exert, oh. you're gonna lose. You're gonna totally. lose pretty badly. So especially with these things that like grow in their attacking, absolutely, you can't at all block with this. So I almost think that you do want to just adopt the like we're gonna exert exert this almost every single turn and you every just, other turn yeah yeah sure <laughs> uh maybe you can get get a little cycle going where each turn you attack with half of your creatures uh, and exert yeah. them. i don't know um but yeah i think this is a really powerful attacker uh but like you need to be playing these in index that want to be attacking because oh yeah blocking bad yeah it's like when you watch mardu vehicles like tr- move on to the defensive it's a joke. They're like, oh, dang, and I have this one, 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 one toolcraft tool and a scrap heap that can't block. And, yeah. like, it's it looks horrible. It but does. on the offense, very strong. It can be very confusing, too. Like, I've seen players, you know, they look at a board, and someone has, like, three scrap heap scroungers, and they let an attack through, and they're like, why didn't you block? And you're like, dude, look at my scrap heap scrounger. They can't block. Yeah, I'm can't just block, dead. Can't block anything. Can't block anything. Yeah. So actually, you know, talking about these exert cards, how highly do you think you're going to pick spells that 
allow you to untap creatures in an aggressive oh. deck. Well, I think that the if you're playing a deck that's aggressive and has a lot of exert in it, um, then what I'm going to be looking for is bodies that untap stuff. So, like, there's a mm. white card, uh, Sparring Mummy, which is white 3 for a 3-3, three, three, and when it enters the battlefield, you untap a creature. Like, Ooh. if I have a deck filled with, you know, exert tends to be more in red and white. If I have a deck filled with exert stuff, like, this card gets a little bit better because 4-4-3-3, three, three, and Min and I were talking about this, 4-3-3 three, three is not the best. Right. But uh, the ability to kind of, like, reset an exerter uh, is nice and being able to attack multiple times. So... Yeah, um, I, I think I picked them a little bit more highly, but, like, ideally you're going to be dealing enough damage being so aggressive and, like, having, a, you know, I think a good amount of removal in red um, that, you know, you should be able to get by without untapping stuff. Yeah. But it's also possible that the cost is too high, that, like, exerting every turn just leaves you d- totally dead. Totally vulnerable, yeah. yeah. So I'm going I'm to look forward to playing these and see how they play out. Yeah. It's a pretty pretty different mechanic, I think, than you know anything yeah. we've seen recently. I think it's exciting. Our next card is Pathmaker Initiate. This is red one for a two one human wizard. You can tap it and target creature with power two or less. Can't be blocked this turn. Uh, I think it's fine. Yeah, I, I'm not like super excited about it. You don't usually win with just like the two power creatures and the two one body. Is... Well, Kitty, you this is this is a c- 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 combo with, with your the sure shot. Actually, right. I was thinking about that. Because it attacks as a 2-3, and you're like, can't block. And then you go to damage, you're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Before damage, um, I'm actually dealing you 7 this turn. 7. Wow. So you have 10 mana. I do. Damn, yeah. girl. No, this is late game, and the only things I have left are the Pathmaker Initiate and Shore Shot Minotaur. Dang. Yeah. Dang, dang. I go hard. Better hope they don't have a bounce spell. They don't. Okay. They don't, um, because they're not mean, and they don't play blue. <laughs> um yeah and the two power on this creature means it's not totally dead early it'll trade with something but like probably except the stupid two threes and the one fours and well yeah um but again this card wants to be in an aggro deck that doesn't really plan on blocking very much so yeah um, i think you pick it highly in those decks and otherwise you don't care at all yeah next up is pursue glory Red three instant attacking creatures get plus two plus zero until end of turn, and it cycles for two. Oh, I wish it were plus two plus zero and trample, but you know all attacking creatures. Yeah, these effects vary uh, a lot. Like we saw swarm surge back in Battle for Zendikar, which is the black two instant pump spell uh, that I think pumped your colorless creatures extra, be really quite good. Um, and then we see cards, other cards like Rush of Battle, you know, not really be awesome. Um, and part of that is cost, part of that is instant speed. Um, and I think that Pursue Glory, four mana is a lot for this kind of effect, uh, yeah. but the instant speed makes it much, much better. Um, because when you have to cast something like Rush of Battle at sorcery speed, and we kind of have the same discussion with the Mummy instant speed pump spell, um, if you have a sorcery speed, it's a little bit underwhelming because your opponent can play around it, right? Right, but, they know exactly what they're blocking. Yeah, but like when you're holding up four mana, you could have a removal spell, um, you could have, you know, plan on putting mana into an activated ability on the board, um, or you have this kind of pump spell. Um, and the other thing with this is these effects are always really bad when you're behind, right? You really want to oh. be ahead and like attacking. Uh, and if you're not attacking, you don't want this. Right. Um, but the nice thing is if there's a case where, uh, you know, this card is bad you are able to cycle it away yeah but yeah i i guess the cycling helps 
And at parity, or if you're ahead, I mean, if you're if you're ahead, this is sort of a win more or win faster. And at parity, maybe this helps. But yeah. a lot of the same stuff is going to trade because it doesn't help the toughness. But I think like I do think this goes in a deck that's just attacking, which oh, means yeah. that like it has to. you are presumably going wider than your opponent is. So you're like maybe this is the last card you play, and then you know if two of your creatures get through, that's an additional four damage, right? Yeah. Which is which is good if you're already putting a lot of pressure on them. So. Um, yeah, and you're attacking anyway, because if you stop attacking and you're in one of those decks, you lose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Our next card is Thresher Lizard. This is red 2 for a 3-2, and gets plus 1, plus 2, as long as you have one or fewer cards in your hand. When you're heckbent. When you're a heckbent. That's right. Yes. What do you think of this one? This goes in the same aggro deck. Um, you know, 3 for a 4-4, four, four, great value. So hopefully you can be heck bent really quickly yeah i think this is actually a decent card in most decks with red uh three for a three two is acceptable it's yeah. not exciting but it's fine um and you value in low drop low power toughness creatures is the better ones are the ones that become more playable in the late game um, and thresher lizard is a good example of a card that is fine early and is fine later as well yeah um, it's not great at any point but having a 4-4 four, four, uh, later on is significantly better than having a 3-2 um, so it's it's nice that this doesn't lose quite as much value as the uh, average three drop might uh, when you're playing limited definitely next we have a card i really like tormenting voice red one sorcery as an additional cost to cast tormenting voice discard a card draw two cards this card is a nice reprint to have I like having these effects in standard. Um, yeah, they're just they're fun. <laughs> um, in blue, you know, I really enjoyed playing blue red emerge for a while, mm-hmm. um, and you know, we already have tormenting voice from uh, whenever it was printed last. But uh, it's nice to to get it again. So definitely, and and again, I don't think this makes it into limited. Like you can discard a card, uh, you know, that could come back some sort of zombie or aftermath. But... Yeah, it might be. It might make it unlimited if you're in a deck with a like some number of uh aftermaths or embalmers like tormenting voice gains extra value right and yeah. i, I like i don't mind tormenting voice because it's really cheap mm. um and the ability to if you're like this is just really good flood control like the ability to discard you know this and a land and then draw two fresh cards um i i like this i might like this card actually better in limited than a card like uh you know four mana draw two um, oh yeah i i think tormenting voice is oftentimes going to be better, better just because it's so much cheaper huh and it's and, and the discard yeah and, and that's the thing right is in limited card advantage isn't as big a deal as card selection yeah um, so being able to draw to uh in tormenting voice but you know discarding to i think for two mana is oftentimes going to be better than four mana go up one card yeah actually i think that's really insightful i hadn't thought about it that way uh-huh. yeah shucks <laughs> Card selection, more important than limited. Thanks, that makes Katie. a lot of sense. Wow. Yeah. Is that the first compliment you give me on air? Uh, yes. You heard it here first. <laughs> Ryan sometimes says things that are insightful. Sometimes. Every sometimes. every rare while. Oh, so I'll read this next one because I am a twin. Oh, so you this are? Is, yeah. So this is True Heart Twins. Your twin should come on and join the podcast at some point. Oh. Oh, yeah. Too bad, uh... When was Evil Evil Twins an old card, right? Yeah, yeah, that was like original yeah. Innistrad. Maybe, maybe they'll reprint it. If we have that, I'll definitely have my twin on. And sure. then you guys can decide who the Evil Twin is. Oh, uh, that's pretty clear. But go on. <laughs> All right, so this is True Heart Twins. 
Red four for a four four. You may exert true heart twins as it attacks. When you exert a creature, any creature, including itself, creatures you control get plus one plus so till end of turn. This is the payoff for the exert deck. Yeah. This it's is an uncommon. Wow. So you can pick it up. And in the late game, putting this down, oh. right? You don't even have to attack with this. Right. Putting this down and then swinging with like two or three exert creatures means that, that so your scary. cards get a lot better at attacking. Yeah. Um, and this has a good body. Four, uh, yeah, five, five, four, 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 four. with a hot, super relevant ability in the right. right deck. And it just like, it, I love that it builds on itself, right? If you attack with, like you said, like two or three exert creatures in a turn. Yeah. Then it's a pump your team for plus three and you're not spending any extra cards to do that. Yeah. What? I just I, I'm gonna be really curious to see how these exert decks decks play out because it feels like on the turns when you're kind of not able to attack with the stuff or you don't have many things untapped, it feels like you need something to do. So I don't know what the support is. Maybe your exert with I don't know. What what else what do you think? What do you put in? I don't know. It it reminds me of there was a equipment, maybe an Innistrad, that made your creatures huge, but after it attacked it didn't untap for a turn. So it was like actually yeah, like yeah, exert. Yeah. I actually saw play in uh, mono white humans. Really? Uh, briefly, uh, Tom Ross put it in, and uh. it was very powerful with Griff Spoon. Oh, I bet. And always watching. Yeah. Well, I was gonna, oh, and with always watching for yeah. sure. But I was gonna say like in limited when playing against it, it was like, it's just a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Like if the creatures are big enough and the effects are good enough, having them tap down for a turn is is worth like you can do nothing for that turn and that's okay yeah and i think remember when we talk about this hypothetical exert deck it's not like every single creature in the deck is going to have exert you're going to have maybe you know five or six exert cards and the rest you're looking for just aggressive cards and like we know aggro decks are often pretty decent strategies and limited so you know if you go red green exert or red white exert like you're gonna be able to find decent creatures to kind of um, fill up your curve and make sure that on the turn when you're exerting stuff, you still have creatures back or you can still attack that next turn, not give your opponent too much of a chance to recover. So I do think maybe you want to uh, be careful in striking a balance between uh, drafting these exert cards and non-exert cards. Yeah. But it'll be really fun to see how they play out because I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm super excited for them. Our next card is Violent Impact. This is red three, sorcery, destroy target artifact or land, cycling for two. Uh... Yeah, I, I think we can think about this again when we're talking about the colorless cards from today and see if there are really any artifacts worth this. But I think this definitely doesn't make it into the main board yeah, of a limited sideboard. deck and it can be good sideboard tech, but I'm not even sure if there's artifacts scary enough that you would want to bring this in. Yeah, I think that this fills the role of if I have no other removal or no other artifact or like, yeah, artifact hate then this is the card that I reluctantly bring in post-board if they have, like, OP artifacts. <sighs> but I don't know that there are OP artifacts in the set that we've yeah. seen that are, like, really merit destruction. I do think that when we get to it, I do think that Edifice of Authority is really good. And I think that if your opponent has multiple Edifices of Authority... Is that the plural? Edify? Edify. I don't know. Edifices of Authority... Maybe this is worth bringing in, um, but I, I can't think offhand of other artifacts that I'd really want to desperately destroy. Yeah, me neither. And as far as the land clause, like, I don't think anyone's going to be greedy enough with their mana that you're going to be able to cut them off a of color. And no. and it's just, this is not what you want to do. The cycling is good, but 
Yeah. Especially at four mana sorcery speed is bad. <laughs> yes. This is just like a demolish reprint, but it cycles. And I don't think the cycling is worth enough to no. you know, compensate for its badness. Warfire Javelinier is red three for a two three Minotaur Woo! Warrior. Uh, when Warfire Javelinier enters the battlefield, it deals X damage to target creature and opponent controls, where X is the number of instants and sorcery cards in your graveyard. That's kind of a weird ability for a Minotaur. I feel like Minotaurs don't usually care about instants or sorceries. They just care about hitting you hard in the face. Yeah, he's not even like a wizard. No. He's just a Minotaur warrior. Yeah. But I... this is a nice include if you can go blue-red spells. If you can get this, the blue-red one Drake that cares about instant sorcery in your graveyard. Mm -hmm. You get the blue-blue five cost reduction one. Um, and you get, I think there's like one more... But yeah, you pick these up with a bunch of good like red removal and blue tempo plays, then like maybe maybe there's something here. Like this uh, four mana, if you have like a decent number of instants, even just two or three, this is going to be four mana for a removal spell with a two three. It's going to be an automatic two for one. Um, so I, I love cards like this. Cards like this are very powerful, uh, especially if you put this in a shell that really supports it. Yeah. Our next card is Blazing Volley. This is red, sorcery. Blazing Volley deals one damage to each creature your opponent controls. No, and this is great. When they have Nest of Scarabs? Nest of Scarabs. Oh, sure. Because they have sure. a bunch of one You kill their bugs. No, no, and this is great. <laughs> is when you have Soul Scar Mage. Which one's that? Soul Scar Mage is the uh, one mana red creature that. Uh, if, if, mm. Yeah, it would be dealt damage. That turns all your damage into minus one, minus one counters. Yeah. So this would be. Red, put a minus one, minus one counter on every creature yeah, your opponent strong. controls. Pretty Ooh, strong. Ooh, that's much more exciting. Yeah. I I still don't like this card. No, I still don't think it's great. Um, I think it's going to depend on when you're playing this. This is a decent sideboard card depending on, like, the toughness of your opponent's creatures. Mm -hmm. Like, just pay attention. And if you have the, if you take this card, like, if you end up getting this kind of at the end, pay attention in the game and see, you know... Do they How have big are the creatures? X ones. Do they have yeah. tokens that are problems? Exactly, exactly. If they're making a lot of like one one vigilant warriors, or they have like three ones, or things like that, then this is probably worth bringing in because it does offer you the offer you the opportunity of a two for one for a single mana, which is really strong if you can do that. Right. Um, but oftentimes it's just going to be pretty bad. Yep. So. And it's sorcery, so it's like. I mean, yeah. you could attack, and then they have some damage on their creatures, and then you deal one damage to each of their creatures. And, yeah. But it's pretty, yeah. So. And that's it for red. Yeah. So, Katie, let's go into your favorite color. Green. What's our first green card? Our first green card is Benefaction of Ronus. This is green two for a sorcery. Reveal the top five cards of your library. You may put a creature card and or enchantment card from among them into your hand. Put the rest into your graveyard. I don't like this card in limited. No. Uh, it it's like I think it's specific card draw. This is defensible to play if you are able to have a high creature count. Which you will. It's limited. I, I'm not done. Okay. I'm not done. A high creature count with either a high count of embalmed creatures or a high count of enchantment creatures. Uh, it's not enchantment creatures. Sorry, enchantments. And you are, like, grindy. And you can afford to take a turn off to do this. I also think it's defensible to play this when you have, like, one or two really strong game-winning bombs that are creatures. Because then you really want to find those, and, like, maybe your strategy kind of revolves around that. Yeah. Or if you're in a play, a build-around strategy such as 
Drake Haven or Nest of Scarabs, and you really want to find that card, Benefaction of Ronas is a good way to do that. Um, I, I, I do think you want to be careful not just like jam this in any green deck. I think that your green deck should have these kind of particular pieces, then this card becomes better. But otherwise, I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I like those criteria a lot. I, I had been thinking more about the card draw side, but I think it's important to say that you want to make the, the graveyard part worthwhile or be able to get enchantments or to like to make the card draw worthwhile and limited to like actually have something worth digging to. Because as we've said before, most of your cards in limited are not high enough impact on the board that having one more of them is going to really yeah. impact your game. I think you want to be able to, for three mana at sorcery speed in yes, green, sorcery. I think you really want to be able to get both card advantage and selection out of this card which requires that you have these kinds of particular pieces. Yeah. Next up is Winterblade Warrior. This is green Where do one. You, how do you, like, change the name of these cards? Winter... Oh. It's, like, literally in front of you, and then you read it wrong twice. <laughs> Winterblade Warrior. What? Yeah, it doesn't make as much sense for a no. green card. This makes a lot better. Bitterblade. Bitterblade. Yes, bitter his, blade blade. Is, his blade is bitter. Yes, it's because he was cutting a lot of bitter blossoms. Oh, clever. Green clever. cards. <laughs> bitter okay. blossom is black. black. I know, but, you know, green and black, they go well if you want to play green black elves, which I do. Which bitter blossom is not in. Okay. <laughs> go on. So anyways, bitter blade warrior. Green one for a 2-2 jackal. You may exert... Jekyll Warrior. Don't leave off its its next thing. You gotta hit them both. All right. Jackal Warrior. We, we haven't seen any warrior tribal warrior Just cares. wait. Warriors Just can't be blocked by cowards. Oh! Burn. That's a, a reference that, uh, you know, it's a reference. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. So True magic players will get it. I, I, okay. I don't get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hope our listener... So uh, so you may exert it as it attacks. When you do, it gets plus one plus so and gains death touch until end of turn. I like it. This is an example for me. Uh, like this uh, green one for a 2-2 is not like below what you would expect for a green one. It's like fine. Mm-hmm. And then it gets significantly better uh, when, it ex- when you exert it. Um, the one downside is like, I really prefer having death touch on, on the defense. Yeah, on the defensive. And the fact that you can't do this is kind of sad, but I like um, green with red and an aggressive shell, so I'm glad that you have this kind of pretty aggressive green card that you can pair with your red uh, red creatures. And it's, uh, Exert isn't just in like red and white. Um, that yeah. you have some good options. Uh, at least this card is a good option in green. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally like this card. It is aggressive. I, I wish it were death touch on the defensive. I'm thinking, you know... Attacking with a 3-2 death touch. Very scary. Going to trade with anything. But, like, they might just have, like, a 2-1, and that feels pretty bad. Yeah. But their 2-1 probably costs the same as your 2 mana, so it's, you know, you're trading even or trading up, and they have to answer this. Yeah. I like it. I I like it. I think I I might have overspoken when I first saw it. (laughs) Uh, I like it. It's not fantastic, uh, because death touch is so much better on defense. Yeah. But... Um, it's fine, and I think an aggressive shell, particularly paired with red, totally. uh, I, I, I like it. Yeah. All right, so our next card is Defiant Great Maw. Green 2 for a 4-5 Hippo. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, put two minus one, minus one counters on target creature you control. Whenever you put one or more minus one, minus one counters on this Hippo, 
remove a minus one minus one counter from another target creature you control. So this could be three for a two three and help another creature grow. Or it could be three for four five, which is a uh, very good value, but you're downing another creature's power and toughness by two. Yeah, I am attracted to the idea of playing these like significantly above curve creatures in a shell that is able to dump the counters on something bad. Uh, yeah. Like dump them, like if you have enough nest of scarabs, right? You can just <laughs> cycle this and keep putting it on the scarabs and then you, you have these like really strong creatures. Um, yeah. But like also, very early. Yeah, and if you're in, because if you're in black, green, minus one, minus one counters uh, as kind of an archetype, uh, the creatures are really big. Um, and yeah. it's, it'd be nice to be able to put, have someone put the counters. But also, even if they're not, if you want to put the counters on the Great Maw, this is this card is a really good way to get the minus one counters off of something else. Yeah. Um, and I think that the flexibility, again, the flexibility of these kinds of cards that let you put counters on themselves, on other creatures, and then have some kind of ability that interacts with minus one minus one counters is going to lead to a lot of really interesting decisions mm. um, during limited games. Yeah. I think... The flexibility makes the card better and like you said just much more interesting you'll have more choices yeah yeah i agree um next we have gift of paradise this is green to oh. common uh, it's an enchantment aura enchant land when gift of paradise enters the battlefield you gain three life enchanted land has tap add two mana of any one color to your mana pool all right three mana ramp and gain three yeah and the other thing to note with this is this is pretty nice in limited if you're looking to fix your colors it's like splash yeah. colors and you're green um or maybe do a little bit of ramping kind of nice thing with this as well is when you cast this let's say you have like four mana right if you cast this for three you put it on the remaining land now you can still tap that land for two which means maybe you can cast two spells in a turn um, which is is kind of nice and it does it ramps you up one but i'm mostly interested i think in this for color fixing yeah i think it's nice for color fixing and if you do happen to have any sinks this is, you know... Got one in the kitchen. <laughs> you need it in your deck, man. Get on my level. Next, we have Greater Sandworm. This is green, green, five for a seven, seven. Worm. It can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less, and it cycles for two. Love it. Love it as a top-of-the-curve boss. Like, oh, this card's great. It's, uh, you know, you draw it early, you're like, I'm far away from this, cycle it, who cares? But in the late game, um, this is a really strong curve topper, I think. It's a 7-7. Seven, seven. This thing is going to beat. Uh, they will probably have <laughs> to at least double block to deal with this, unless they have like an unconditional removal spell, because dealing 4 damage to this isn't going to do anything. Right. Um, and then they can't even block with power 2 or less. So if you can get to 7 mana and cast this thing, this is just going to be attacking every turn. It's going to be an abyss where they're just basically going to have to sack everything if they don't want to right. die. They have to block with like good creatures. Yeah, I I, re I think this card is really strong. Yeah, and it's a common. So I don't think you want to run like two or three. I think maximum two. Right. And I think usually this would just be a one of in your deck. Yeah, but I would put that one of. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. Our next card is Initiate's Companion. This is green one for a three one cat. And when it deals combat damage to a player, untap target creature or land. One toughness. Yikes. When is it ever going to deal combat damage to a player? It comes down turn two, has no haste, has one toughness. Yeah, but like we've seen these cards in white actually before where we see the white one, three ones, right? Oh, yeah, there was and a they, scythe blade guy. Yeah, and they oftentimes like, 
you don't have a two drop and you got to put something in it. You're like, well, a three one will at least trade with something, right? So it can kind yeah. of be a removal spell for a bad creature. Or you can put this in a deck that's aggressive, right? And if you're in an exert deck, like they're going to be attacking. So uh, you might be able to get in with this. Um, yeah. If not, you know, it's going to trade with something. So it's fine. Uh, I, I tend to hate these, but then I am thinking about on the other side. It's so frustrating because if you play a two drop that's like a two three with some value. Like, the thing that I always want to trade with something like a 3-1 is a 1-1 one, one token. But you don't always have that. So yeah. you might have to trade something that you actually paid mana for and, like, yeah. has a bigger body, or a bigger butt at least. So, yeah, I, I see how this could be annoying. Y- you can play it in an aggressive deck. I just, I hate these cards. Yeah, um, I do think that, you know, that even without the ability, like, two mana 3-1s in aggro decks are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, we have Hooded Brawler next. This is green 2 for a 3-2 Naga Warrior. You may exert Hooded Brawler as it attacks. When you do, it gets plus 2, plus 2 until end of turn. So yeah, exert really is in green as well. So yeah. A lot of creatures that care about exert or exert themselves. Uh, this, you know, 3 mana 3-2 is fine. Um, and w- when you exert it, it becomes better above curve, right? So yep. similar kind of design space. I think this looks good in the pick 2 of Naya, and one of them should probably be red. Uh, aggro exert deck. Yep, agree. Again, aggro because the the power is greater than the toughness, and the two is not going to block anything, and the four toughness on attacking is is a little bit uh, flimsy. Yeah. Next one I'm reading. This, uh, this yeah, one I'm this excited is your about. Card. Haze of pollen. <sighs> Green one instant. Prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn. Cycling three. Katie Wizards has uh, has made a mistake. You see, let me tell you what their mistake is. Okay. Battle for Zendikar was supposed to rotate, which means we were supposed to lose Encircling Fissure. Which was? White 2, Fog. Hmm. But let me tell you, Encircling Fissure has not rotated, which means we now have, in my view, a critical mass of Fog effects. Uh, What are you going to do while you're fogging? Oh, I will tell you what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to just fog and fog and fog. You have to win somehow, you know. Oh, this uh, find a win condition. Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, Fear Visions is a good one, um, Mm. though you have to then splash red, which can be a little uncomfortable. Um, I like Fear Visions as a win condition in the fog decks. Uh, I think you could use, actually, the approach of the second sun as a win condition because your fog effects are so cheap that you know once you get to nine mana you just cast it and then fog a couple more turns and then you win <laughs> and then you draw it again and play it again. yeah so i think yeah. that that's a, a good way to to go about doing it yeah i mean i i think that people should pay attention or not discard the idea of turbo fog right off the bat uh, i do think the turbo is the biggest problem right now mm. um i think we're going to be forced into playing something like ongoing investigation uh, I think is the card, which is whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, you get a clue. Oh. Right? You investigate. So, like, the that kind of acts as your turbo where all of your instant sorcery, you know, you can pay two to basically draw a card afterward. So you do that, and then you do maybe Fever Divisions. Um, and then I think also, though, the new blue, the blue-blue X spell lets you draw a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, if you're at, like, six mana or seven mana, you know, you fog, you go down to five, then you... Draw, th- that doesn't even sound that good. I think you need to be at much higher mana. So maybe that goes, you know, whatever. I think you really want the kind of consistent draw um, every turn, the extra card. So we'll see. We'll see. But this is a card to keep on your radar. Yeah. 
Do you think the cycling is at all important? Cycling no. for three is a little... Okay. No. You, you just would Why never would you, cycle this. I mean, you're playing this in a turbo fog deck, and if you're playing in a turbo fog deck, you don't want to get rid of it. You want the fog. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, uh, how much would you play this in limited? I don't play fogs in limited. No? No. Sometimes, like, let's say you're you're sort of at parity, and uh, it's, like, close to a board stall, but someone thinks they can get through that turn, or, like, maybe they're going to use their, like, team anthem pump. And then you just fog for turn, all their stuff is tapped, and you, you swing in for the win. Too narrow? Too niche? That's a pretty uh, specific scenario you've <laughs> I have a up. dream. I have um, a dream. I mean, I think the problem with this is, like, you want this in, like, a deck where you guys are both aggro and you're trying to race, and you're like, ooh, hey, fog effect just lets me get there first, right? Yeah. But, like, that means that this is not a creature that you're playing that cannot attack. Mm. So you're you're... I don't know. It's one of the cases where you're saying, okay, I'm going to fall behind. And then when I fall behind, this card will help me to catch up. But like, shouldn't your initial plan just be don't fall, fall behind? behind? Yeah. Mm, I see your point. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of fogs in limited. Cool. Even though I've lost to them. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. All right. Our next card is Hapatra's Mark. It's green instant. Target creature you control gains hexproof until end of turn. Remove all minus one minus one counters from it. This I think in uh, the green black deck is is really good because yeah. the green black deck is with minus one minus one counters. This basically becomes a pumps. It's like as a blossoming defense, right? Yeah. And blossoming defense is great. Uh, so this becomes a combat trick that like suddenly your creature is really big. Um, it becomes uh, a way to counter removal spells. I'm a huge fan of it in that particular shell. Otherwise. I don't love it. I think that you maybe bring it in if you're playing against like a blue-black kind of controlling deck uh, to act as a green counter spell. Uh, but in the black-green deck, if you have a critical mass of minus one, minus one counters, then I'm a big fan of the card. Yeah, It's a I single agree. mana too. It's great, great I know. value. No, it's just like Blossoming Defense. I think that was a really good comparison. Next up, we have Naga Vitalist. This is green one for a one-two Naga Druid. Uh, add to your, tap it to add to your mana pool one mana of any color that a land you control could produce. So interesting because a lot of the times you look for green for color fixing, and this will not yeah. really fix your colors because it only makes colors. mana you already only have. Only if you need to hit doubles. Right. If you right? need doubles, sure, it's helping. Um, otherwise, not so much. I think this is fine, again, if you're like playing some of the high curve chopper green stuff and you want to yeah. ramp a little, I'd throw this in. Yeah, if you um, want to get to like, you know, your five drops or your four drops a turn early, you kind of have a heavy curve, I can see throwing in two of these into yeah. your deck. Yeah, but otherwise, like, you know, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's bad. I just think, you know, it really only serves that role. Yeah, I agree. Um, our next card is, I don't even know how to say this, Oshra or Oashra Cultivator. Green for a zero three human druid. Uh, green to tap it and sacrifice it. Search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. Oh, that is fascinating. I feel like I would totally play this card. I think the green... Oh, this is the flavor text I was referencing in the last episode. Oh, what? Uh, like fruits in the field, we will be harvested when the season is right. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, because Bolas is going to come back and eat Harvest them. them. Yeah, because they keep but referring they're, to themselves they're excited as crops, about it. right? They're like, we are the crop. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. They all know their purpose in life. So, uh, sorry, what were you saying about this? I, I was saying I would totally play this. I mean, whoa, 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 okay, wait, wait. I wouldn't play this in an aggro deck. 
It does nothing for that. What? You wouldn't? Why not? <laughs> I know. Surprising since so it has zero power, but really, I don't think it fits that shell. Mm, okay. Um, but I, I'm a, this is, I think, again, goes in the same deck as Naga Vitalist because three toughness is going to help you delay. Um, it's a good blocker for all the stuff that's coming down, like turn one, turn two, maybe even turn three if they have two threes or whatever. And then you get to sack it, go get lands, and you're ramping to your big green spells. Yeah, I think that play pattern is correct. Uh, this is usually going to kind of stonewall the early drops, and then um, you'll block something bigger, sack it, get a land. Um, I do think the p- biggest problem with this card is the three mana. To sack because, it. yeah, that's a high cost. Yeah. Holding up three mana is rough. Well, see, I hadn't even been thinking about the block sack. I was just thinking of that as, like, you're taking the turn to ramp. Sure. Even if you do that, like, that's a high cost. Yeah. I, I don't know if I want to pay that cost, honestly. That's true. I think you have to be in a pretty slow deck that <laughs> wants to go a little bit big, and you need the maybe the color fixing or the ramp to, to justify playing it, because otherwise it's just, like... It's a slow card. It is. It is. Our next card is Ornery Kudu. Green 2 for a 3-4 antelope. Hmm. When Ornery Kudu enters the battlefield, put a minus 1, minus 1 counter on target creature you control. So what, its base rate, if you're putting on itself, is a 3-mana 2-3, which is acceptable. But again, if you can dump this somewhere else, a 3-mana 3-4 is, once again, above curve. Yeah, I'm yeah. on board. That's all we have to say about it. Uh, scaled Behemoth is green, green four for a six, seven hexproof crocodile. Yeah, this is one of the things that you sort of ramp to. Oh, this card is great. Yeah, this is in the same category as the card the before. Seven, the seven, seven. seven. I mean, seven? this card is just like basically better in every scenario. I think. Yeah. Well, like the extra power is not really worth to. I think. The hex proof and the one fewer mana to cast it. Though the seven seven also can't be blocked by a creature's power to less. Oh, I forgot about that. That that could be and it could cycles if yeah. you need to. But I okay. much I really like having my finisher having hex proof. Yeah, I'd, yeah, that's because you're a blue sweet. player, but well, but also true. Yeah, why not just play both? I say, let them play with. Yeah, you can creatures. play one of each. Play one of each, maybe. But if I have this, I would play this over the seven seven. I think most of the time, especially if I'm playing against someone who. Uh, I've seen has unconditional removal. Next we have Shed Weakness. Target creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. You may remove a minus one, minus one counter from it. So this this card is a decent combat trick and becomes better in the minus one, minus one counter black green deck. Yeah, I, I think it'll depend. So this is just a single green and we had a Hippotra's Mark, which was also a single green, but that one gave Hexproof and removed all the counters. So... I think it depends on what you're trying to do, which one you play, because the Hexproof... Well, I think Hapatra's Mark is mostly only playable in the minus one, minus one counter shell, and it's really good in that shell. Right. Um, I think it might be better than Shed Weakness in that shell, whereas Shed Weakness, I think, is better significantly in the non-minus one, minus one counter shell, and in that shell, it gets a little bit better, but it doesn't suddenly become, like, awesome. Right. Um, it's just like, it's a fine combat trick. Like, one mana for plus two plus two is usually decent. Yeah. Especially if you're, like, short on removal. Mm-hmm. Our next card is Stinging Shot. This is green. Instant. Put three minus one minus one counters on target creature with flying and cycling for two. Really strong. Yeah. I love it when my sideboard cards have cycling. My favorite thing. <laughs> um, this is... If you're playing against someone with a lot of uh, flyings, like this card, it's just an auto. This comes in post board because it's so good. 
Yeah. Uh, this is usually going to kill a flyer for three mana. Oh, sorry, for a one mana. And if it doesn't kill it, it renders it completely useless. Right. It totally, totally slows down, if not eliminates their clock. Yeah. So I think this is a great hate card out of the board. Yep. I, I love these cards because they're so it's so easy in green to lose to flyers because you just don't have them. So you really have to look out for cards with reach or cards like this that target flying for really cheap. Our final green card of the evening is Synchronized Strike. This is green two for an instant. Untap up to two target creatures. They each gain plus two plus two until end of turn. Nice way to untap your exerts. We read a couple nice green exert cards today. Yeah, I think this is a nice trick. Um, like three mana for suddenly you get two blockers, then they get bigger and they can block things is, is pretty nice. Um, Ideally, you get like two cards worth of value out of this. Oftentimes, you'll just get one, mm -hmm. um, and it is expensive. Three mana is a little bit much, um, but it's a powerful effect. Uh, and I think, you know, particularly an exert deck, it's uh, pretty decent. Um, it also helps because a lot of the exert cards are underpowered in terms of their base power and toughness. So this actually makes them decent blockers um, for when, when the other opponent's attacking, and then it lets them attack again with their exert powers yeah. the next turn. Yeah, so I, I like it particularly in an exert deck. And outside of that, maybe if you want the combat trick, but um, wouldn't read it as highly. Yeah. So now we enter our multicolored cards, uh, which, uh, you know, on average will be stronger than our monocolored cards. So Oncrop Champion is green-white 2 for a 4-4 human warrior. You may exert Oncrop Champion as it attacks. When you do, untap all other creatures you control. So someone mentioned this for standard because it's human and it's four mana four four no it's Too bad slow. it's slow uh heron's grace champion is like Ugh. insanely better than this and especially if you're playing always watch and this is just like redundant but in limited uh powerhouse boss it's this like pseudo gives your creatures pseudo vigilance right this is like as close to uh creatures control have vigilance as you're gonna get in limited and i think in uh in an exert deck um, this is the kind of card where I might be base red white or base red green, and I'm splashing the third color for this card because it's really good. The body yeah. is great the for body, the rate, yeah. and the abilities uh, also fantastic. Yeah, I think I even play this in a deck that doesn't have a lot of other exert stuff because because of the pseudo vigilance. But it gets even better if you do have other creatures that you exert. Yeah, and four mana four four is fine. Yeah, so good on all fronts. Next, we have Avon Wind Guide. This is blue-white 2 for a 2-3 bird warrior with flying and vigilance. Creature tokens you control have flying and vigilance, and it has embalm blue-white 4. Oh, my God. Oh, token. Oh, gosh. I thought I gave all creatures you controlled flying, and I was oh, like, this be, seems way insane. above curve. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Creature tokens you control have flying. Still very good. Oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh, like, so... Four mana for a 2-3 with flying and vigilance is fine. Right. Um, and then the ability to give your tokens flying and vigilance is really good. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking to play this in a deck with lots of embalm, and we have seen a decent amount of embalm in blue and white. So in that deck, this card is great. The fact that it has embalm, um, I really like as well. And I know, and this is kind of the criticism we hear with embalm, oh, embalm's really expensive. doesn't matter. It's great upside. In the late game, when you don't have anything to do, this is what you do. You bring back this card, and all of a sudden you have two three flying vigilance that gives itself more flying vigilance because now it's a token <laughs> yeah no totally totally upside because you would play this card even without the embalm yeah so the embalm is just like oh hey look i have an extra card quote unquote in my hand that i can choose to cast this turn yeah all upside yeah 
Next we have Decimator Beetle, which is, this, this is a powerhouse. It's black, green, three for a four, five insect. When it enters the battlefield, put a minus one, minus one counter on target creature you control. Whenever Decimator, Decimator, this is hard to say, Decimator Beetle attacks, remove a minus one, minus one counter from target creature you control and put a minus one, minus one counter on up to one target creature defending player controls. Hmm. This card's fantastic. It's really strong. Five mana for four, five is fine. Uh, the big butt means when it attacks, like, it's going to be hard to kill. Um, and in the green-black minus one, minus one counter deck, this is absolutely where you want to be. Yeah, this is a cool target to put your minus one, minus one counters on. And the nice thing is when it attacks, you remove the counter before blocks. Yeah, and you don't and have you to put, put the it counter on, on there. Right. Yeah, you can remove counters from other creatures as well. Like, I think it's just, it's great in the green-black Well, no, 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 this is when it attacks. Oh, from target creature. Yeah, from you oh, control. from any other creature you control. Yeah, and then their creatures oh, get worse at blocking. Heck yeah. It's awesome. That's great. I, I I picked this card very highly. I think this card's really strong. I'm super on board with this. This is awesome. I love it. And next we have a card that I love. All well, right. I mean, I love that one. Beetle. That yeah, was really yeah. good. But that's more in my colors. Yeah, this... yeah, sure. Uh, this is Honored Crop Captain. Red, white, 3-2, human warrior. Great body, right, for the, the price you're paying. Whenever Honored Crop Captain attacks, other attacking creatures get plus one plus oh until end of turn. In limited, obviously super powerful. It's above curve for where it is, and it on top of that has a really good ability for uh, an aggro deck. Yeah. Red and white looks to be very aggressive. Uh, this card is in shoo-in. I pick this highly. In standard, it's human. <laughs> uh, in standard, like we're looking at now, if you're in Naya, you have red white for this three two, or green white, sorry, green red for Voltaic Brawler, which is also three two. This helps make all your other humans better attackers. Um, I just really like it uh, as well in that deck. And we'll see. I don't know if red-white humans will actually be competitive. It's getting this, and it's getting the uh, white one, three one exert creature. But, you know, if that deck exists, this card goes in it. Yeah, I think this looks super exciting for standard and for limited. Next, we have Kenra Charioteer, which is red-green one for a 3-3 Jackal Warrior with Trample. Other creatures you control have Trample. Oh my gosh, I love this. This is my dream in green. I always want my creatures to have Trample. Aren't all your dreams in green? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Man, multicolors are just the best. They're so good. Yeah, this this cycle of uncommon multicolored cards are really strong. Yeah, this is like three for three, three already great. And we often see that, but like I know it this stands is out like, here. Yeah, this is like I pick this every time. This is so yeah, good. Yeah, it's a great rate. It has trample. The other stuff has like yeah, like whether you're like a more mid rangey or more aggressive. Yeah. I play I play this every. It time. continues the pattern of like from the red white one where the body is this is a totally reasonable creature by itself, but then on top of that it has a great ability. Yeah, a really good ability, and we have like some like team pumps or like random pump spells, and and the pump spells that don't give trample. Like surprise, I still have trample, and I'm yeah. gonna kill you. So cool. Next card is Merciless Javelinier. This is red, black, two for a four-two Minotaur Ooh, warrior. Minotaur. What's your Minotaur sign? <sighs> Thank you. Uh, you pay two and discard a card to put a minus one minus one counter on target creature. That creature can't block this turn. So this card, we saw a lot of cards in blue and black that care about when you cycle or discard. Mm. And then we've seen the cards in black and red that care about when you're heck bent, right? Yeah. I think this card is okay in black red, but better in blue black splashing red for this. Mm. Uh, because I think that like if you have a critical mass of these cycle or discard things, 
then you're gonna be able to pay to discard something and then like you're getting all the benefits that come with when you discard something and you put a minus one minus one counter on a creature and you make it so that you can get through and and do some damage um so like i don't think it's bad in a black red deck especially an aggressive one that wants to be you know it's a four power creature good rate and it helps to remove blockers but i i think that you're gonna see this card have the highest ceiling in blue black decks yeah and it's nice the activation is colorless as well yeah i think uh you're, you're right to point out like you want some of the cards that give you value for discarding so you get value beyond just the minus one minus one counter in the camp block this is much more like honored crop captain and kenra's charioteer they just go in any deck that fits those colors they're really really good this i think is a little bit more narrow Agreed. of the multicolored that we've been looking at so far i think it can be really good but again like I don't know. So it's four for four, two, like dies to everything. It does. So that's not super exciting to me. Though and its I ability know... does help it to not die. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's a plus, but I'm, I'm a little bit more skeptical about this card. I agree. I agree. Um, in our last multicolored card, remember we already reviewed uh, Shadowstorm Vizier with Min and Miley. Uh, our last multicolored card is Weaver of Currents. This is green, blue, one for a two, two Naga Druid. You tap it to add two colorless mana to your mana pool. I guess this goes in the green ramp deck? Yeah. If you want to ramp, like, put this card in. Um, I like it. It's three mana. Two, two is not awful. But it's, it's not, not good. Great. Um, and the ability, I think, helps to make it playable. Uh, but, like, if you don't have expensive cards that you want to be playing, then you don't want to play this. Not uh, at all. Like, though the upside is really high, if you can pick up maybe two or three of uh, Weaver's, and you have like a significant number of six drops because this allows you to go turn three, you have access to three mana. And then on turn four, assuming you hit your land drop, you get six. And that that's significant. So if you can pick up a good number of six drops, a good number of these, then that curve looks really powerful. Yeah, that's pretty scary. Playing six drops on turn four. Playing your six, seven hex proof. Oh my gosh. Can you yeah. imagine facing that down? Seven, seven comes I out mean, on turn five. You're like, what are you playing on turn four? Like... A three-two, maybe. Yeah, um, I, I think you. Know, I think that that that's where this shines, where you really want to be able to ramp effectively. So I think um, you want to pick up a couple of these, and you probably want to pick up a couple of the cards that also help you to ramp, because that way you're not totally reliant on Weaver of Currents, and you end up with a bunch of dead cards in your hand oh, yeah. that are expensive and you can't play because you don't have any other sources of ramping. Yeah. Onto the artifacts. So our first of the evening is Edifice of Authority. And I promise is... it's really annoying. <laughs> so this is three mana. You can pay one, tap it, target creature can't attack this turn. Put a brick counter on Edifice of Authority. Pay one and tap it. Until your next turn, target creature can't attack or block, and its activated abilities can't be activated. Activate this ability only if there are three or more brick counters on Edifice of Authority. Yep. This card is pretty similar to Pacification Array in a lot of ways. Yeah. Pacification Array, you know, you pay one and tap it to tap down a creature, that was usually used to stop an attacker, right? It was usually used right. to do removal. And then once you stabilize sufficiently, it could be used to tap down a blocker. Um, this card follows the same exact play pattern. You pay one, tap it to tap a creature. That's going to attack you. You don't want it to attack you. Then once you've stabilized sufficiently, you can start making it unable to block. And then you get through and kill them. Um, I, I was watching the pre-pre-release that uh, Loading Ready Run does. And this card, every time it was on camera, was really quite powerful especially if you have other removal to back this up yeah edifice of authority is really good uh, i i would pick this decently highly it does fit in any deck 
because it's an artifact, which is great. And because there's not a lot of very good artifacts in the set that we've seen, I think that you know, a lot of people hate. won't have yeah a ton of hate for this either. Right. Man, yeah, that does look annoying. Like, Pacification Array could just take over games. Yeah. It was... Is Pacification Array also three mana, or is it one. two? Oh, it's one? It was one. So that, I mean, that is different, because paying three for this initially... Yeah, it's a, a, it's a higher cost. It's an investment. It's definitely a difference. Yeah. But um, it's still, like, the ability but I think it's is still, still pretty so strong. valuable. Yeah. Because the games are going to go long. It's like... Yeah. As assuming you don't learn it lose in the first couple turns to like that red aggro deck. Yeah. Um I like playing this if I can on like turn four mm-hmm. or later because then I'm able to put it down and then immediately stop a, an attacker to help to make up for the fact that I, I didn't really add to the board that turn. Yeah. Our next card is Gate to the Afterlife. This is a three mana artifact. Whenever a non token creature you control dies, you gain one life. Then you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. You can pay two, tap it sacrifice it search your graveyard hand and or library for a card named god pharaoh's gift and put it onto the battlefield if you search your library this way shuffle it activate this ability only if there are six or more creatures in your graveyard okay we have a wall of text right for three mana artifact katie did we review a card called god pharaoh's gift i don't remember that card it's because we didn't review it because this card does not exist oh but i bet you i bet you a million dollars. No. Okay. Nine hundred ninety thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. How about like zero dollars? But we can bet pride. Okay, I will bet you a hundred prides <laughs> that God Pharaoh's gift appears in uh, our ghost agent. All right, I'll bet you a hundred prides that they're never going to print this card and they're just yanking our chain. That would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, then then people would be very upset. I think um, we yeah. saw this in Fate Reforged. Right where uh, or the Fate Reforge block uh, cons block where there's cards that made reference to uh, other cards that were not yet in the set. Um, so I think we'll see God Pharaoh's gift in the next set. But for now, we'll review this just in the context of Amonkhet. Whenever so, so whenever non-token creature you control dies, you gain a life. Then you may loot. Looting is strong and limited because again, card selection is strong and limited. I don't know if I'm excited to play a three mana do nothing to kind of allow me to loot when I'm starting to like lose. Yeah, as um, your creatures are dying. As my creatures are see dying. See if you have enough stuff to... And it's non-token, so like my Embalm creatures don't trigger this. My little dorky 1-1s that random stuff makes don't trigger this. So I probably wouldn't be too excited to play this card. Yeah, I agree. I will be excited to see what the God Pharaoh's gift is. Mm, probably a you know, sword to the chest. Aw, that, that... Based on... You know, the fact that so far we've seen that his ultimate prize of trials is you get murdered. Or you get sent to... Or you get, like, stuck, uh, like, sarcophagus or something, right? That's what they're actually doing. It's, like, building up a bunch of people in sarcophagi or something. (laughs) We need need to learn how to pluralize pluralize these Egyptian words. Uh, So next we have Honed Kopesh, which is a one-mana artifact equipment. Uh, it has equip one, and equip creature gets pulse and plus one. Eh, I don't play equip. It's got to be like the most this is like... boring, like straightforward. Just one, one, one everywhere. Yep. This is like the most vanilla equipment. Yeah. It's like, yep, this is fine. Yep. I probably won't play it sometimes. Maybe I will, but like, it's nah. not very, yeah. Lovely art though. Very crisp. Very, a very crisp. Yes, very crisp. I haven't heard art referred to as crisp. Well, the before. the like the arm of the person holding the like scythe looking thing, 
Kopesh, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's very distinct, and the Kopesh is very distinct. Hmm. It's crisp. Okay, okay. And I, I can see, like, I can see playing this in an exert deck because uh. it helps to make your uh, attacks without exert a little bit better. Uh, I, no. <laughs> I, I see no can justification for this. No, where you might no this it. is just a card that you don't play. You get it and you go, oh, that's pretty. And then you put it to the side with all the Fine. stuff that you don't play. Fine. <laughs> Our last artifact is Luxa River Shrine, a three mana artifact. Pay one, tap it, you gain a life, put a brick counter on Luxa River Shrine. Then you ta uh, tap it to gain two life, activate this ability only if there are three or more brick counters on Luxa River Shrine. Gross. No. Oh, you're not a fan? No. Life gain? Really slow life gain? You're hurting that Wally's feelings right now. Wally's a friend of ours who always plays life gain. But he has better life gain than this. This is turn. Okay, so let's say you don't play it on turn three because you don't always turn three. Turn four, play this, gain a life. Whoa! Don't forget the brick counter. Put and the brick counter. counter, yeah. And then three turns later, you can gain two life each turn without paying extra mana. Oof. Yeah, because that, that's going to nullify like part of a blocker. Yeah, I could only see playing this in like Ugh. the hyper dirtly control deck. But even there, Ugh. I don't love it. Yeah, just don't play it. Don't play it, guys. Yeah, it's not life gain. For new, like newer players, uh, a lot of newer players overrate life gain. Life gain is pretty bad. Yeah. Um, it's not doing anything. Your life doesn't generally matter a ton in Magic uh, until you lose the last point. <laughs> right. Like, if you're behind, this is not going to put you in a better position. So, like, yep. gaining one life, that, yeah, that doesn't... Yeah, you want your cards make... to win you the game, not right. stall you losing the game. Right. This stalls you, but doesn't even... You know, if you can stall and get into a better position, that's different. This stalls, and then you're still in a bad position where you're going to keep dying. Exactly. So, yeah. And our, the only land we haven't reviewed is Evolving Wilds. Land, tap, sacrifice Evolving Wilds, search your library for a basic land card and put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. Play it for fixing. Always good. Yeah. Uh, Evolving Wilds, you know, our mana base and standard has improved to the point where most decks aren't, aren't needing to play Evolving Wilds. But it's a great tool to have access to when we need it. And it's terrible against Thalia, Heretic Cathar. <laughs> it is so bad against Thalia. Holy yeah. cow. But it's nice. Uh, and, and certainly in Limited, it's fantastic. I love that this card is at Common and Limited. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm really excited like it's Common. Super. This is like the best fixing you can have, right? Right. Unless you're in Green, which always has good fixing. But Sure. Even, I mean, even in Green, this is really good fixing. Yeah, that's true. So, Katie, that brings us to the end of Amonkhet. So we get, we got to hear, what are your final thoughts on the set? I'm very excited to see the limited format. It looks aggressive, or some of the, the cards look aggressive, and I think you're going to have to be able to combat that. Yeah. You um, can definitely build uh, aggressive decks. You can build some grindier mid-range decks. You can build some synergistic oh, yeah. combo-y decks with discard and yeah. cycling. For, for limited, actually, I'm excited. I hope I get huge green beaters and a little bit of ramp, and that's just, that's all I want to do all day. Yeah, there's some fun builder at me cards, too, like Drake yeah. Haven or the Cyclers. And... Yeah, and they seem, like, good, and, and there's a lot of support, and some of those builder rounds are at Uncommon, so you're likely to get one, so. Yeah, the thing that looks exciting to me about this is it looks like this is going to be a limited format where you have a lot of choices, mm. um, and I like formats where you have a lot of choices. I think yeah. it leads to more interesting games. Right, yeah, and as far as Constructed goes, I'm very hopeful that there are some cool decks hiding in here. I know you are interested in testing some control. I'm really yep. interested in zombies. 
I think that Green Black, maybe with Snake, maybe not, could still stick around. I'm excited to see well, what that could that's the like. thing, is now that we've seen the whole set, there are not standard playable cards that put minus one, minus one counters on opposing creatures. Yeah. Right? Except, like, I'm trying to think if there's any that I saw. I don't think... Sta- None of them stood out to Yeah, me. not standard playable. So, I honestly, I think Snake... Snake it's is totally not dead. Fine. Snake is fine. Snake yeah. as a deck has been like almost untouched. Yeah. Um, because most of the counters are putting them on your own stuff. Right. So, you know, if you want to play Snake, don't play minus one, minus one counters with it because that <laughs> would be bad. That would be um, bad. And it might be that the black green deck, uh, the kind of black green mid range deck, right, ends up finding a shell without Snake. Maybe yeah. plus one, minus one counters isn't the thing to be doing anymore and it rotates out or stops seeing play for that reason. But minus one, minus one counters certainly won't kill it. Um, additionally, the we've seen the black green snake deck morph between this you know very grindy mid range deck with Gaunti and maybe Ishkana and the Delirium build, yeah, uh, all the way to the energy based aggro deck, which is trying to kill you really fast, right? Um, and you know which version you choose to play, uh, we'll have to see what the meta game looks like and whether there's a, a better black green deck out there. Yeah, I, I'm definitely hoping that it swings more towards the mid range from the. Uh, aggro shell mm-hmm. i think the aggro shell you have to play right now because of sahili yeah um but i i always like the options in mid-range i feel like there are more choices and the, the creatures are just they're more powerful right they're yeah. they're higher cost and um i think in that deck you put the green god i think that's a really exciting card super easy to turn on absolutely um and just huge and they have to answer indestructible which yeah. can be a huge pain totally uh, so I think my last two questions for you, top like five plus or minus one cards in this set and any bannings slash unbannings that you're hoping for. Uh, well, um, top cards, uh, I'll say again, Green God. Green God, you got that. it. Um, Minotaur Lord, not because I think he's playable, <laughs> but because I okay. love Minotaurs. Okay. Um, what else am I excited about? There's so many cards. Oh, you know what else I'm really excited about is Liliana's Death Ma- Death's Majesty. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, you know, we talked about how she probably doesn't fit in the zombie deck, but I just think she's a really excellent card. Mm-hmm. I, I hope and I think that a shell will appear for her, and I'm excited to see what that is. And I would really like to play with her. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess the last card I might be really excited about is the Black Zombie Lord, because I'm, uh, I'm excited about the zombie deck. And um, the menace is just—it's—it's it's just a killer. Yeah, it might help to kind of push zombies over the top a little bit. Yeah, I—I I don't know. I—I I worry zombies might have the vampire the problem. Yeah, we're like the, the synergy is really cool, but like there might just be too many decks that are just playing the most powerful cards, and it's not quite quite there. Yeah, uh, the, I guess the other thing about that is if control is viable. Um, usually decks with synergies suck against control because yeah. you can't keep enough stuff down to get any of the synergies and the individual cards are usually yeah. not that great. Though if Zombies has graveyard interaction uh, and the ability to yeah. recur its threats, then I think it that will help uh, shore up its control matchup. That's true. And bannings, unbannings, anything you're hoping for? Gotta ban. I, I mean, to me, just please ban part of the Sahili combo. Again, like just this week, I was playing against Sahili combo, have them down to five life. 
top deck the combo. Like, you know, and I, through the entire game, had seen no answers. Like, I didn't have any ballistas. I didn't have any grasp. There was there was no way for me to have done something differently unless I could have killed them faster. Yeah. So I watched today, I was at a PBTQ. Uh, I watched a game between two friends of mine. Uh, one of them was playing Four Color Sahili. The other was on Black Green uh, Sneak, uh, the kind of aggressive version. Mm-hmm. And the Sahili player molded the gift to five cards. Uh, the Black Green player was beating down the whole time. Uh, the Four Color Sahili player kind of stalled, made some Thopters, then drew multiple copies of Fell Utter Guardian, and, you know, kind of baited out some removal spells by. You know, playing a Sahili and trying to copy a Rogue Refiner, and this went on for a while, and then they played the combo. The Black Green player cracked two clues, couldn't find a piece of interaction, and died. Yeah, uh, yeah, that just—I just think that feels so bad. I mean, that was the reason they banned Emrakul, right? It was because Emrakul made it so that when it was cast, it pretty much negates all of the decisions or makes significantly less important all of the decisions you made up to the point of its casting. Sahili yeah. combo has the same effect in right. standard, where like you cast it and you win. So like, oh, you, you worked so hard in this game to like get into a strong board position or like uh, you know whatever position you wanted, and now it just doesn't really matter. Right. You needed to have a removal spell and you didn't. Right. Like even the mold of five doesn't hurt it as much because it just needs two cards and some lands. Like yep. it, it's much less vulnerable than a card that's uh, let's say a deck that's really value like. And it's in that value oriented shell, which just recoups yeah. that card advantage pretty well. Ugh. Yeah, so I really hope, like to me, that has to get banned. I'm I'm pretty fine if they don't do anything else, but to mm-hmm. me, that's the biggest problem. Okay, I'm a, so I'll do it in reverse order, uh, where I'll do talk about bannings and unbannings, and then switch to my top five. Uh, I think that for bannings and unbannings, I agree with you. I would like to see a piece of Sahili combo banned, preferably Sahili Rai. They probably won't ban Sahili Rai, uh, so then they have to ban Feldar Guardian. Whatever. I still, I know some people disagree with me. I still would like to see Emrakul unbanned and Marvel banned. Marvel is still just a dumb magic card. <laughs> like, to, at the same PBTQ I was playing at today, I lost because they turned four as a Marta vehicles, they turned four Ulamog to me, and then turned five Ulamog to me two games in a row. Because they, you know, they got lucky with their Marvel spin. Yeah. And I, I just think, like, Marvel, and I know the deck is not super strong or oppressive anymore, but I just think Marvel is a bad like it's just a bad magic card it's bad for the game just one more note on marvel is i was trying to explain to a hearthstone player one of the reasons why i think magic can be better than hearthstone and and it's because i think it has less random effects like hearthstone will be like put a random creature from your library or random creature in all of the game onto the battlefield like it does a lot of these random things because they have that power and the computing power they're trying to take advantage of but i think that much randomness is is not exciting because it's it takes away from the skill. Yeah. And I think Marvel good players try to minimize variance in right. the games. You want to to maximize your chances of doing well every time based on your skill and decisions. Yeah. So I think Marvel takes that away and that's that's Yeah. Um, as for Emrakul, I like seeing Emrakul unbanned because a couple reasons. If we think back to when Emrakul was banned, Black Green Delirium was dead. Aww. Black Green Delirium wasn't seeing any play. 
the the reason Emrakul was so oppressive was because he was in Etherberg's Marvel. Yeah. People had found ways to get around to beat Emrakul, right? Was like, oh, blue-white flash is really good. Mardu vehicles is, is decent because you can kill them before they get to Emrakul, right? Um, and now we have Graveyard Hate. We have the black instant that exiles three cards. We have the uh, two-mana artifact, the 2-2, two -two, that yeah. you sack it and they have to get rid of pretty much everything in their graveyard, right? So these are all things that no longer can you go, oh, I'm going to run one Emery Cool and four Traverse, because if you cast Traverse, you respond by doing this and you, you turn off the Delirium and Traverse becomes worse. So <laughs> that rhymed. <laughs> um, so I think that Emery Cool is okay to ban. I always liked it as like, kind of a looming top-end threat finisher. Um, and I, I know like it led to some bad things, right? It was, it was really hard. It was a difficult card to play. Personally, that was one of the elements I enjoyed about it. And I, you know, I think that it could be safe to, to unban that card. Like if you think about it in standard right now, would Embercool be, like Mardu Vehicles kills really fast. Sahili just wins via combo. Like I don't know that Embercool is even that good right now. Right, without the Marvel. Without Marvel. So, I don't know. I think I'm, I'd like to see Emrakul in band. Um, and then I'd like to see Reflector Mage in band because I think with uh, the, if you ban a piece of Sahili, then Reflector Mage is not super oppressive. It's really, really good still. Really good. And maybe that's actually not a good unban. Maybe like they've printed enough pieces that could go into the blue-white flash deck um, that, you know, Reflector Mage is too good. But I think removing Copter was a, a really good step forward in kind of getting rid of that shell or weakening that shell by banning Reflector Mage as well. They said they just wanted to weaken it, but it completely killed it. Like Mardu yeah. Vehicles became the new blue-white flash and is very strong. Yeah. I guess the, the, the funny thing is I think I feel opposite on those cards because I think um, Reflector Mage I feel really wary of. I think it has the danger of being extremely good and it's extremely good with Displacer. But no one's running Displacer. I know, but maybe... But even when Blue-White Flash was attacked, they didn't run Displacer know, with it. I know, I I think it's good with Felidar Guardian. Oh, uh, that too. Right, but if they ban the Felidar Guardian... Right, then sure. ...as the piece, then you're yeah. safer. I don't know. I just think uh, Reflector Mage is very good, and it's narrow because it has to be in a Blue-White deck. I think Copter... But with Mana Base, is like, eh, I don't know how narrow it is. You could you put in a lot of decks. Maybe, but but Copter, Copter can legitimately go in, like, in any deck... Any deck. And it made these cool, like, if you want to discard and do some of the zombie graveyard stuff, that's easier. If you want to play that's some of the That's why Copter was so good. I know, but, like, but it also saw play in Blue-White Flash, where, like, the discard wasn't helpful. Like, it was just every single deck. That's I why know. I think Copter was actually a decent ban. Well, that's like, Copter I, was too strong. See, but that's the thing is, I actually think it's fine, because it was strong, but it was strong across decks, not in a single deck. But I think, like, you, one of the things you are trying to do when you build a standard format is create a diversity of decks, right? And the joke at the time was, oh, what do I play in standard? Well, what 56 cards do I play? Because I know I'm playing four copters. I don't like that. I don't think that's good that, like, every deck has to run four of these smuggler copters for this one card in order to be playable. And that's why I think Walking Ballista is like low-key one of the most oppressive cards in the format because any deck can play it. Almost every deck does play it. And it shuts off a bunch of cards in the format that can't be played anymore because of uh, its itself. Um, and the crew won on Copter. Yeah, like at least part of Kieran, you have to card. really play in like a Vehicles deck. Uh, yeah. or sorry, not Vehicles. You have to play in like the Mardu, the aggressive I Mardu I really deck. thought it would be harder to crew, to be honest. You know, it's actually super I easy to crew. I, I am surprised wrong. at how how aggressive and and yeah. scary that card is I, and I think i think 
yeah, I, so I'm, I'm happy keeping Copter banned. I'd unban Reflector Mage, unban Emrakul. I think there's an argument for keeping Reflector Mage banned. Um, I would also ban Aetherworks Marvel, yeah. and that would be my standard format. Oh, ban a piece of Sahili Rai combo as well. Yeah. And my top five cards, sorry it took me a while to get here, my top five cards for the format, uh, for me, Kefnet the Mindful. You mean Bird God? Bird God. Technical Love term. Bird God. Uh, Liliana Death Majesty. Oh, so good. And great art on her too. Pull from Tomorrow. Yeah, you have Hyped to. Hyped for that card. As a control player. Uh, Angel of Sanctions. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Very exciting. Um, and then my fifth pick, I think, is close between a couple. Uh, I think it's close between Drake Haven, Vizier of the Menagerie, and like New Nyssa. Because I think... All three of those cards have a lot of potential to them. And I'm excited to see what kind of shell they find a home in. Vizier is more general, I think goes in just a lot of green decks. Um, but Drake Haven and Nyssa uh, are pretty cool cards that I think could go, you know, go in a couple places. It might be fun. Yeah. And that's it. That brings us to the end of Bowman Cat. So uh, thanks for joining us for this season. We'll be back in a couple months for um, reviewing the next set, Hour of Devastation. Yep. We might do a post-pre-release or post-pro uh, tour episode where we kind of look back and see how the cards played uh, played out. Uh, re- maybe reevaluate them in the new context uh, since we're kind of doing it blind here as they roll out. Um, but other than that, we'll see you in a couple of months. I'm Ryan. I'm Katie, and this is spoiler, spoiler season. season.